Welcome to the Roll for Crit podcast, our first podcast in the new year 2022. We're here to talk to you all about board games, card games, RPGs, and other tabletop discussion. My name is Jonathan Estes. I'm Will Keeler, and that's right. This is the first podcast for the year 2022. New one, that is. You may be still catching up and listening to other ones, and that's okay. We're still glad that you're listening. Yeah, that's right. It's a it's a brand new year. We did it. We, we made it through. Uh, it was 2021 was weird in many ways, and I, I believe 2022 will be just as weird, if not weird. Oh yeah, no. This is this is the new expansion, not a new game. <laughs> That's right. And there's a whole bunch of new keywords. I just can't wait to find out. Yeah, the question is: Is it the kind of expansion where they just add, you know, uh, more variety, or is it there going to be whole new features and boards and cards? <laughs> I've heard um, there's going to be a fun new event deck. Oh, maybe it'll be a dexterity expansion anyway uh we do have a lot of interesting things to talk about it's just the two of us this week no special guest but before we get to the meat of our show we have to still begin by dealing with our podcast mascot roland f criterion whom we created in dungeons and dragons and every week we follow his various adventures and roll for his success and the last time we had a show was uh things got a little bit chaotic <laughs> uh jeff from uh dragon's tomb came on and had roland uh ingest a mysterious potion and set a man on fire <laughs> um <laughs> he he started as breathing. one would yeah he started breathing fireballs and the guard who had approached him uh rolled poorly and i think he's I, I, maybe he's not dead but he's badly burned <laughs> let's go with that we'll try to make it a little cheerier and uh, as we take off, we're, we're taking off right where we left off. He is standing there, uh, probably in disbelief, a little bit shocked, didn't know what this potion was going to do. I don't know. That's up to Roland. Uh, but there are some more guards approaching. He was just about to enter a town. And this guy was kind of uh, making sure that he was safe to come in. And now clearly he is not safe to come in. There are four more guards in similar attire. They are not getting too close. Because, you know, they don't want to, they don't know exactly what's going on or if he has more fireballs up his sleeve. This isn't some fancy city. So they saw city. the fire. Oh, yeah. They 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 saw. They noticed this. <laughs> this was the middle of the day. Uh, there wasn't much else going on. This is not like a huge fancy city or anything. These are just your typical average kind of guards. They don't have that much experience. So they're kind of hanging back, but they're like, you know, we want to do our jobs. So we're trying to get near but we're, we're keeping our distance for now. What's Roland going to do? What's the plan? Does he, but, does he well, run? Does he admit his crimes? Does he kill these guys? <laughs> uh, I He's can't a bard, remember if we way, actually for our listeners. I can't remember if we actually decided his morality, partially just so anyone can go whatever. Yeah, I think but, his, his alignment shifts from episode to episode. <laughs> I guess, I guess I, he's chaotic neutral, right? <laughs> I guess that would true, be the case. True chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... I thinking that because he was traveling, his hood's still up. So he's hoping that they didn't get a good enough look of his face. Mm. So he's just going to like try to hide it more and book it. <laughs> All right. So, hmm, so what are we rolling for then? Partially because Is... I think he chugged the potion. So I don't think he has any more fireballs. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Well, they don't know that, but we know that he has no, he has pretty right, much, yes. he has nothing but a drum right now. He's actually not a threat to anybody. <laughs> um, and, and maybe this is not because I'm not used to a bard player. I bet a better bard player would be like, I'm going to play my drums and we're all just going to have a good time. 
eh, we've had enough drum playing so far. So would this be? Let's. Are we rolling for his? Uh, like athletic or acrobatic escape uh, in terms of his like running away quickly. Are we rolling for him to like keep his face hidden? Um, I guess if I was the DM, I mean, you're the one who yeah, has I guess. in this case. We're both the DM I would, now. I would argue it would be a uh, a, a, a dexter, <laughs> an acrobatics. I was thinking you're that. Going through different things, but maybe also... Uh, I mean, this is a one time, but also perception to see how, like, if you, you know, like a zigzag away from them enough or you're just making distance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's go with the acrobatics role. Uh, I, I feel like maybe he's doing a flashy kind of a cartwheel out of there and he's got to keep well, his hood up. I assume. Yeah. With also all the like he's trying to go through all these alloys. There's boxes and stuff. You know, you got to. Yeah. Gotta, oh, oh so he's. Oh, I was thinking he's like at the gates of the city. Like, so is he going deeper into it and hiding? Oh, I thought he like made his first steps into the city. So he already passed, technically passed the gate. I suppose all the cards came well, running. He, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's more interesting. And then we don't have to find him another city next time. So we'll keep him inside. <laughs> so yeah, let's go with acrobatics. Roll that d20. Uh oh. <laughs> first that would be with his bonus a total of 10. Okay. I thought it was a six. Okay. I thought the uh, other I mean, was just because you forgot to get a die. <laughs> um, okay. So not not a not a great roll, not a terrible roll. He hits a couple bucks on the way. Yeah, I I think he he's he's making it away for now, but he's making a lot of noise and he's definitely uh attracting some attention. He's leaving a trail they can probably follow. And they don't know exactly who he is, but they could also get a decent physical description of him. It's it's not as though he were a ghost in the night. <laughs> so uh, he, he's he's running amongst the, the back alleys of the city. He's he's a, he's got away for now, but I don't know how long that's going to last. Well, you know what? It's a great way to start off the new year. <laughs> it is. Everyone should start the new year off this way. Uh, and that's how we did it. And let's continue this new year by getting into the news roundup. News Roundup. Ended the year with some real explosions of news, uh, but starting off, uh, things are a little bit quieter. People are taking a break, not quite as much going on. But we will begin by talking about, uh, you know, as the new year begins, some things come to an end. The Walking Dead Miniatures game published by Mantic has been running since uh, 2015, I think, 2014 or 2015. Uh, was a, you know, tactical miniatures game based on the Walking Dead comic books in which you could play as people versus people, and also there were zombies that were getting in your way. And uh, I think it was generally uh, well-received for fans of miniatures games and The Walking Dead. Mantic has announced that it is going to be coming to an end in 2022 they will no longer be publishing uh, any walking dead miniatures games primarily it sounds like because quite frankly the the story just came to an end they covered pretty much everything it sounds like although are the comics still running i, I was gonna ask that like <laughs> yeah. where are the comics in uh, maybe they ended i kind of thought that they like never ended but uh they seem to in, in this blog post at least they seem to feel that they have pretty much reached a point where like they've done it. They've covered all the big plot lines. It's time to end. They don't say anything about, you know, financial results or anything like that. They'd seem pretty positive. But uh, while there's a couple of sets right now that are on sale and they might do like one more reprint, but essentially by within the, by March 31st, they said 
they will not be selling any Walking Dead stuff on their website. So what do you what, what do you think? I don't. I, I'm trying to remember. I think we actually did play a little of this at a, a Gen Con or something once, but we're we not majors have, game people. And I'm also not as big on the Walking Dead, so it probably if so. It's it is, really hitting all the strong points yeah. for you. <laughs> Unfortunately, I feel like this is probably the eventual fate for most non digital games. There, especially something like I mean, ignoring. That, like I said, they cover everything in the story. There's a point when they have to stop printing some of these things usually, or they'll only print the things that are still relevant for a competitive scene. Like, that's why Magic, even though it makes new sets, they don't reprint every single card. And mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about it before with board games, even like a game that was only a few years old might just disappear. Well, here's my question why not and i think i mean i have some i kind of have some answers to this but i'd like to hear what you think why not stop making new sets but still continue to reprint the old ones why does it have to end and go away completely forever like a regular a traditional board game a non no um, i hear what you're talking about you know i like, just i guess i assumed that the way that this they were printing all these still and then like They've always have new ones in the pipeline. Then when they're running out, they're like, okay, let's see. And maybe the sales are down so much that they're like, you know, only we're only selling, you know, I don't have any numbers here. So I'm, I'm making it up like 10 yeah. sets. Now mm-hmm. it's not worth it anymore. No, we've, we've saturated the market. Everyone who's going to play this mm-hmm. probably has them. So I, I guess, yeah, my larger question then, is it possible to, is there ever the possibility of a game like that? It seems like when it comes to ongoing games, we'll call them. So not necessarily collectible, but anything that has new yeah. sets released. LCGs, pretty much every Mantras game. Do they or, have Mantras to be, War game, I guess I mean. Yeah, do they have to be always either completely dead or coming out with new stuff? Has there ever been an example of a game like this that said, well, we're not going to be making any more new stuff, but all the Netrunner stuff that you like or whatever it is, you can buy that for the for the next ten years or whatever. I can't th- me the. I can't think of any either. But it's, Warhammer. It feels weird. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the. The like I I don't know how often it comes out, but maybe something like that might do. Like I mean, it still falls under the new thing, but it's not like you know Netrunner Magic. It's like a new set every month. Versus, yeah, well, we make some new ones each year. Like there's a bigger time gap might be more the thing yeah. because the problem is once you get enough of them people get bored and they're like i found the meta yeah uh because most of these uh ongoing games jonathan are competitive right and when they get competitive then you just find whatever the best thing is and you sort of just solve it that's why they keep adding new things plus of course there's you know keep adding new things people keep buying the uh fomo so to speak mm-hmm. thing going on that helps I guess but, it comes down to like if it's successful enough to sell, then it's successful enough to keep making new products. Right. That's if why it's not, I, then it's not. <laughs> I do feel part of this is because it has I to assume, be sales dwindling. Yes. And I mean, the story definitely doesn't help. Not that it's bad, but I mean, like compared to at least from my understanding, you can tell me if I'm wrong with the walking dead, you know, some of the other, uh, Mantic, yeah, they like they did Hellboy and mm-hmm. and like and I think of those. I'm like, there's a lot of weird things you can go into, 
Like, I'm sure you can even, at least in Hellboy, just knowing because it's, you know, just um, uh, cryptos and stuff like that, you may, like, guess what? Uh, there never really was a Mothman episode. Now I'm going to get a bunch of you telling me there was. But, like, <laughs> you can make a miniature for that. You know, you, there's, how creative can you be? I don't think The Walking Dead, you can, like Resident Evil, just make a giant, <laughs> you know, alligator or something. <laughs> Right. There's pretty much there's just one kind of zombie in The Walking Dead. There's not like <laughs> if anything, I'm guessing once again, don't really know the the Walking Dead miniatures game. A lot more comes from the people like, oh, wait, actually, I think I remember wasn't the zombies all NPCs. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I'm sure there were variants and alternate modes. But right. yeah, I think the primary mode was you people fought each other and zombies were just on the sidelines. So, you know, a lot of it is the the characters and, and the locations, I think the settings, of course, the buildings. And I don't know how, once again, don't know the walking dead lore. I don't know how much you can go with that. Like, like um, not Mantic, but uh, the other company that does a lot of miniatures, Modifius, Modifius. Thank you. You know, Skyrim and fallout. I think you can come up with some NCR units. You can make up Caesar Legion characters and stuff a bit more. Yeah. I, I don't know how, how much, uh, leeway oh and that's of course you know it's who's holding the the licensing right. how much will they allow you to do that yeah that too yeah yeah there's definitely there's definitely a lot of factors involved but yeah it's interesting yeah i i think overall it's probably not a sign of as you said the game was well received it's more of like yeah we think most people have it um it's not worth it right now and i wouldn't be surprise in this kind of situation that like let's say a few years you know we get the walking dead 3031 you know <laughs> crazy spin-off and they're like you know what this is popular again guess what Maybe or for they're that. like in, in in a year on kickstarter we're rebooting the whole line and now you can buy it all from scratch with slightly different rules and paint jobs oh <laughs> uh, that's another thing but i would be that's a that's risky <laughs> if you don't have a um a game balancing issue reason for it yeah that's that's just me being cynical <laughs> oh i know and i can't argue with it because it's not like we haven't seen it happen again and again and again uh but at any rate if you have any interest in the walking dead miniatures game now is the time uh go buy this stuff i i will say on the i guess this is i don't know if this is a negative or positive view because it's ending like now you know you can complete the collection that's why i like with my netrunner mic it's done I have yeah. every card. Yeah, except for that uh, Project Nisei. <laughs> They're not, it's not like the official, so I don't have to worry nearly as much. And plus, I think all those are print and play. So I'm not, once again, not have to worry about it. Yeah, I think they do. Well, I think they print them and will sell them to you in a box. I probably would still do that because I don't have a good printer, but. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, I agree. My print, well, yeah, my printer is an old one you gave me. That was, that's how bad my printer is. <laughs> I don't even have my own. Anyway, so that's The Walking Dead. Go check it out. Go buy it. Or let us know uh, if you're going to miss it. It's not, because like I said, we're, that's not one that's quite in our wheelhouse, either of us. But still interesting to note. Next story is a weird one. There's a guy named Ian Livingstone. But from now on, you're going to have to refer to him as Sir Ian Livingstone. He is the co-founder of Games Workshop, as well as the Fighting Fantasy series, uh, which he founded and wrote alongside Steve Jackson. The two of them were actually 
buddies. I think they lived together for a while and uh, worked together in the game industry for many years. Uh, so he had a, a big hand in those series. And then he later went on to work in video games. He actually worked with uh, IDOS or ADOS. I don't know how you say it. Uh, coming up with uh, or helping them put out franchises like Tomb Raider and Hitman also. So he's had a big gaming career. And this year in 2022, the Queen knighted him. He has been knighted as part of the 2022 New Year Honors, they call them over in the UK. And according to uh, Wikipedia, the, the reason given is Ian Livingstone, quote, for services to the online gaming industry, which just shows you how valuable and meaningful a knighthood is in the year 2022. No, no disrespect to Ian Livingstone, but it is kind of funny that we've gone from like, you must service the king and be willing to die in battle to, oh, you made some fun games for us. Cool. Uh, I don't I don't know. This is just kind of a funny, weird story about uh, a guy who's been knighted. Maybe one of the only, maybe the only game designer who is a knight, you know? <laughs> so that's, that's, and also some interesting history. You know, I didn't know all this that, uh, uh, all the things that he had done and that he was close with uh, Steve Jackson and all that. Uh, but it's it's kind of a weird thing to 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 uncover. He is uh, 72 years old, Ian Livingstone. So he's 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 lived long enough to to be, deserve to become a knight. I say. What do you think? Any? Uh, are you are you proud? Should more should more game designers become knights? Uh, what is the is the is there a qualification? Do you have to? be british i assume to become a knight because i mean he is british but i'm just I, wondering i don't know about that um probably but i think obviously the first step is you have to be knighted in an rpg game first mm. you have to mm. like level up your knighthood well he had a real uh like up in that field writing some of his own mm -hmm. but then he's probably going to be part of the secret people who are knighted. this is above the sirs these are people who are knighted by the queen in the queen's rpg game it's a wow. very exclusive game. If you get an invite, it's amazing. I know she I'm breaking GMs the story here. The game. Oh, yeah. she. Why do you think she's still alive? She's a lich. She has the power. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. I hope no, no listeners in the UK are offended right now. It occurred to me. I'm like, I thought of it, <laughs> something that lives forever, and liches first came to mind. I'm like, and now I'm like, wait, that's an evil thing. Uh, she's an eternal... No, that's, that's I don't, a horrible thing. I don't think they actually like the queen over there. Do they? Do they like the queen? I don't think they care about the queen, actually. Uh, I think we like the queen as a meme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, who really? Yeah. The royal and family. The I think the people in the U.S. like the royal family way more than anyone. Yeah. If that last wedding was uh, viewership was to be uh, believed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've never uh, I'm sort of curious, actually. I've never tried. Of course, we've played stuff from Games Workshop in modern day, but I've never experienced anything from this fighting fantasy series, which is their single player RPG books, kind of like the uh, things that our viewer Falcon Ash K sent in the uh, micro chat books. But they're from, you know, they started back in the 80s. Uh, and that I, that's kind of cool. I'm kind of curious now to see what, what they're like and how they differentiate from other modern RPGs. Kind of a cool retro look to them. Um, anyway, so go ahead and check that out in honor of Sir Ian Livingstone. You can check out Fighting Fantasy or, or play some Hitman. I don't know. Did Do you it. just look at what he's currently doing the list there? 
No, what's like, he currently doing? Chairman at Suman Group PLC, a partner at the Hero Capital, non-executive director of the National Citizen Service, non-executive director of Aspirational Academies Trust, non-executive director of the Foundation of Educational Development, non-executive director of Creative of UK, member of the Raspberry Pi Foundation, and president of the BGI. Are like, you, have you done one of those commercials where you have to read all the symptoms at the end? Because <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> that is just so much stuff. I and for I don't know how much it actually means anything. Like if he's just there, like could you just sit on our board and be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that might be it at this point. That I guess just Games Workshop and Fighting Fantasy were successful enough. He seems like a guy who's like kind of had his career not early but a while ago, and now he's just sort of you know sitting on boards and <laughs> doing his thing. I guess. I mean, probably more so than anything he did for. Uh, tabletop games his work with video games is probably what made him more money i would guess <laughs> I uh probably... it all it all depends on the deals like the video yeah. game might have made more money but if he got a really bad deal out of it. hey he last he recently wrote a fighting fantasy book in 2019 so he's still doing it he's he's still having fun in that world that's what he does when he's actually at these board meetings yeah you know yeah. they're they're talking about I don't know the uh, the the new academic test in the UK. Meanwhile, he's like, if I make this dragon being able to shoot sword breath, <laughs> man, don't you hate it when you wake up with sword breath? Oh, it's the worst. All right, so uh, again, interesting story. We'll see who gets knighted. I was trying to look at the list to see if anyone else interesting was knighted alongside him, but I hadn't heard of any of these people, so. I have nothing interesting to share on that front. We do have, back to more regularized gaming news, a couple of gaming announcements based on licensed properties that I thought maybe we'd have something to say about. Uh, the first one is a new Star Wars retheme of Love Letter. Love Letter, the classic uh, deduction game where you are trying to guess people's cards and eliminate them, etc., or have the highest numbered card in hand. One of the kind of the original micro game, not that many cards in it. Uh, this new one is called Jabba's Palace. So similar idea, but it takes place in Jabba's Palace from Return of the Jedi. And it's got Star Wars art. And the other one is Dark Souls, a new role playing game based on the Dark Souls series. We don't know anything about this. They've just announced it. It's from Steamforged game. So same people who did the board game. Uh, I don't know if they've done another RPG. Is this their first role-playing game i think it is uh but there's a newsletter you can sign up for and they'll be announcing more information that's i assume in the future either of these uh catch your fancy once again neither of us are dark souls people but uh of, of the two or any thoughts on either of them um i i do tend to like the i, I for lack of a better term love letter reskins but because I feel like they're not just reskins. Mm -hmm. They tend to have a, a bit more like it's not big, but a, enough of a little difference to make you feel better. If you have both, you know, original love letter, cause you want to have the classic and whichever title, be it star Wars, the Batman, you know, Hobbit and feel like, Oh, I can break out this one. Like I know the Lovecraft one in particular had two different decks because you actually like swap. And yeah. I found that to be very interesting. So, Weirdly enough, I feel Love Letter hasn't... I, I, I'm always curious when I hear about a new Love Letter like this, even if it's not like a property I'm nearly as invested in. Yeah, so. and they've also, I think, I like that they realized that 
love letter is not the most marketable title. So it used to be like Batman love letter. Now it's just called, it just says Jabba's palace on the box. That's all it says. Uh, but yeah, the, the twist in this one, I actually think is pretty interesting. So like I said, traditionally in love letter, the win condition is to be the last one standing or have the highest numbered card at the end. And uh, Java's palace has agenda cards, so, for example, so the, the goal can change. So in this version, there's different types of cards. So they, they say some of them are palace or rebel cards. And one of the agendas might be have the most rebel cards in your play area at the end of the game. So you're not going to just be thinking about which cards to play to eliminate someone, but also maybe you specifically want to play a rebel card if that's going to help you win. I think that's kind of a, there's like also some cards that will like let you take someone else's card from their play area, for example. I do like when they mix things up like that, and it, it does seem like it'll have a different feel to it. It's not just now you can look at Boba Fett on a card, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. So I'm, yeah, I'm actually pretty excited for that. Uh, Dark Souls, I don't have a you know I have no almost no yeah. experience with it, so I can't say like what I would want from it. But it does uh, seem I- like well suited to an RPG. Yeah, I do want to say, uh, first of all, they do have another RPG, which I want to play now. Definitely more than Dark Souls. It's called Animal Adventures. And it looks oh. like you play as cats and dogs. Okay. And it looks I do adorable. Know that uh, but what I really like about this idea with the... Because once again, and I know a little bit about Dark Souls, so I can guess. But then I'm like, okay, if they do Dark Souls, they've also got Horizon Zero Dawn, Delve May Cry, Resident Evil, Monster Hunter which I do think mm. could make some really good RPGs. Devil May Cry, probably not as much. I feel like that's a bit more centered on one person or heroish kind of thing. Um, but Horizon has a great world that I think would be fun to explore. Resident Evil could easily be made into, an, I think, a horror RPG when you play as maybe people just trying to survive, maybe Raccoon City, like get out of there, or maybe you have to deal with those Plagos or something like I can easily see that working. And, you know, Monster Hunter pretty much is an RPG. So, Yeah, they also have Nino Kuni, which is oh, a right. straight up RPG. <laughs> so, so, yeah, like, I guess part of it is the excitement that they could do other uh, things. I would love to see um, not dark. The, it's in the Dark Souls family, but um, uh, Bloodborne. Yeah, but I think that's Simon. Oh, has yeah. that one. That- and obviously, I do think this is a a great not push um product to have in addition for uh, steamforge because one of the reasons i brought a while but you know on my list of favorites is cthulhu wars is because i feel like those minis are so great to you can like in something that's ubiquitous you know anytime you bring up a lovecraft creature well i've got a whole set for whatever we need and then mm-hmm. this with the rpg well they already make the game yeah <laughs> so yeah that makes sense I mean, if you have that property also, and also an RPG is so much, especially right now, less of a headache to actually produce it, you know, and, and cheaper to produce than manufacturing all that plastic and everything. And it helps and, sell the games too. Right. And it will in particular, because they already have a game made granted. Now we're going to have to run into Kickstarter exclusive and all that fun stuff. But if you know, it feel uh, buying the miniatures when there's a game attached to it, uh, or, or let's say a reasonable game, you, you've it feels if it, it's more of a convincing purchase. You know, you don't. It, it's less. There's less uh, consumer guilt. Yeah. In there. 
So that can be like, great, I can play this RPG, and you know, for non-RPG mood, we can still try out this game. Now, like I said, we we were not fans of when we played the Dark Souls board game, right? Which is, you know, I think but most I, people I, weren't. <laughs> I, but we like the boss battle system, mm-hmm. which I will say, I feel, um, mon- the monster in the game is really just going to be more that, right, right. So it's sort of bypass. It was like we like this one thing, and then we finally are getting a game that's okay. We'll just do that one thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll we'll see uh, how it goes. I do. Steamforge seems to be very good at getting these types of licenses. They've obviously got a relationship with Capcom, uh, but they they seem they seem to go. I guess Nino Cooney is a little different, but they tend to go towards more of like the hardcore kind of M rated action games. I mean, Monster uh, Hunter's not M-rated, but it's more, you yeah, know. The, the way I view it is the the heavy following AAA games Yeah, seem to be the, the, the target, which is I think makes sense for, Although kind for of miniatures. The, they're kind of like in a weird camp where they're huge, but they're also not so huge. <laughs> like Dark Souls is an extremely popular franchise, but it's not like mario or something like that you know it still sort of yeah. feels niche well, i think the idea it's the big huge games that don't have a lot of for lack of a better term toys right like resident evil probably does but i definitely horizon zero you know um well, that actually that one is just big all around yeah that's pretty big <laughs> horizon i don't know zero? yeah that's yeah. i mean it's new but it's i feel like that's right mainstream, but i mean like i guess is what i'm trying to say I, feel, I mean, these are still pretty mainstream, but they're they like are. I said, the difference is even the Devil May Cry, they only focused on at least I, from what I can tell the newest game, you know, there isn't mm. like there have been probably I mean, I'm sure you can get it like they've made like a ton of Dante figures from the previous games. But this is like, let's bring them in the board gaming while we while it's still hot and new. Right. Yeah, I guess it's really just Monster Hunter and Dark Souls are ones I'm thinking of that are like they're mainstream and popular, but they're also like they have such a high barrier to entry that not that many the people who are into them are really into them. <laughs> but like there's a, I feel like there's a lot of people who are like, no, I don't play those games. That's too like hard. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I don't one of the reasons Worlds was big because they they um Right. They really brought down the bar to entry. I, but I think they did compared to the other ones in the series, but not exactly compared to uh, like her, even Horizon Zero Dawn is much easier onboarding process, I think, than Monster I, Hunter. I don't know. I still I feel, feel like, like it's like a really Hunter, high steam count, like of people playing Monster Hunter. Oh, no, I'm not saying there's not a lot of people playing it. But I, I just think it's compared to most games, like you still probably want to look up Wikipedia entries while you're playing it. You know, <laughs> at least I did. <laughs> but maybe maybe I think you've played it so much. You have all these things internalized and I don't. <laughs> anyway, this is not a video game podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's but, for our audio expansion. That's right. Uh, so Dark Souls RPG, who knows, possibly coming sometime this year, but not much word on it yet. And Java's Palace definitely coming sometime this year. I shouldn't say definitely because nothing's certain at this point. Uh, so look forward Extremely to those. Extremely likely. That is our news roundup. Let's see if anything good is on Kickstarter in the new year. Oh, this one looks uh, nice. It's nice. It's nice. What about this one? Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Well, s- s- uh, the pickings are getting slightly less slim. I know I've seen some announcements on Twitter and the like from some 
publishers that it sounds like by next week, the week after some, some more of these bigger projects are going to come back, start launching. But was there anything this week that you found on Kickstarter or maybe game found? I didn't check there this week. Oh, that, I forgot. Yeah. I'm still <laughs> that uh, you thought was interesting. Uh, <laughs> while I slowly click race yep. to check a game found, <laughs> I don't think I mean, they have anything. Um, I think yeah. it looks like most of the things are at least for right now, We've, we've already about talked them. about yeah, or they're previewed. So we, we wait until they come out. So I've got a, a, a few. First one I want to talk about is Blazon. Mm-hmm. And this is all about designing the, your pretty much the crests you have on your shields in like European, you know, royalty and stuff. And I, I thought this was really clever because this, once again, I love those games when you end with something you've made. Yeah. And it has this weird, interesting idea of like you play cards or you can use the cards can also be used for spending them to place them. They have rules of how they place. It looks like you have variable goals, though, because sometimes you might be like, be the first one to place a green next to a red or some other ruling and you get more points that way. So that changes up how you build them. And of course, it has these cool crests you can get on there because you got to put an animal on your crest. I mean, that's just. <laughs> Yeah, this it sort of looked to me like I thought of a game like Canvas. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's other games kind of in that genre of the like get certain colors of things and put them in places to get points. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And it's from um, uh, the art is by uh, Ian O'Toole, who uh, I feel like he's done some he's done some interesting gaming uh artwork before i think he did i'm I'm looking at his website right now on mars is one that he did oh that was i think a a lot of people's pick uh last year yeah so so because i remember being like let me see if i can find on tabletop simulator i remember i look at the game i'm like i'm not learning this in time for our list (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it was good good to have let him on board yeah it has a cool look to it i i this one i was interested in it also uh, another I, one yeah. that well, I thought was a. Uh, oh, you want to go back and forth? Go ahead. Well, I was just going to quickly say that it's 35 bucks. Oh, right. That's all. You might want to know that. <laughs> and it has uh, a single player mode, too. So, how about that? The other one, I th- and this one's more of, I thought it just looked really cute and I love the pieces. It was uh, Ham Sandwich Shop. <laughs> yeah, it Ham's seems to be a bit of a uh, sandwich, I guess, draft, not drafting, but pa- it reminds me a lot of um, uh, the quilt game. Patchwork. Patchwork, when you move it around and then there's like. A secret deck of hamster cards, though. So every time the hamster lands on a uh, passes over the seed, you might draw that, which could either give an ingredient or eat an ingredient. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to clarify for listeners: this is Ham's apostrophe yes. S sandwich shop. So it's a sandwich shop owned by a hamster, presumably mm-hmm. Ham, uh, and it's this is a Japanese game. Yes, they and, love but... hamsters over there. <laughs> Why do they love hamsters so much? Is it because they don't have room in their Small I think they just love cute things for pets. <laughs> yeah, but they have a whole. We don't have a hamster cartoon in America. <laughs> you know, I, I get. Well, do, you know what? We probably do. It's just not as popular. You know, yeah, maybe we do. Um, but I do want to point out, and one of the reasons why I picked this, I want to be clear when I see some like uh, some of these Japanese ones, it will have an English PDF for the rules. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so you're not going to have to um, worry. Yeah, I look at this and that that's my biggest problem is it's very hard to tell exactly how to play this game right now. They, there is English translation, but it's clearly not like professionally done, uh, but it looks very weird and cute. And you have these like you're trying to make sandwiches. I think you're like the three the ingredients in front of your little hamster piece in the circle. You want to get those onto a sandwich, but 
sometimes your hamster will dive onto the sandwich and eat an ingredient. Yes, the hamster chef. <laughs> also, I guess there's a little ratatouille in this too. Uh, it looks like I love the the style of it. I'm very curious how it actually plays. Yeah, I, I still thought it was enough to be funny and just be like, okay, this looks cute and silly and there are actually English rules. Yeah, and this one for only 3,500 yen. So about $31. Yeah, I will, I, I will say it was a little only thing to be cautious of because I was looking at some of the uh, comments and most of them are people saying, how do you actually play this? I speak English. Um, and it didn't sound like they were going to have the PDF ready before the campaign is over, mm, which so is you, a shame. Yeah, you might be taking a little bit of a of a leap of faith on this mm-hmm. one. Had they, yeah, this is their first game, I guess, at least on Kickstarter. So, I don't know. Uh, anything else? Uh, so uh, so far, you you, I well, no, you, I've I have other ones to talk about, but yeah, go ahead. There was this one that I just thought was hilarious. It's just like a small PDF, but it's food monsters because it's hilarious. Pretty much, just imagine if Mimics decided to imitate food for for whatever your rpg calls for <laughs> just so it's like a bestiary of like ham sandwich <laughs> yes of a killer pie about. a dragon bread <laughs> <laughs> all right like how, how 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 does it say how many are in there i'm how many foods did they come i mean up i with? just looked at it a lot uh, what does, does it <laughs> it's if you don't know it's fine <laughs> uh six. Oh. Oh, that's so not, not that many. So it's just a little. Is it just a yeah? It's a only? little thing. Yeah, it's like for a dollar. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So like, it was just something I thought was silly. Food monsters. Hey, keeping the food theme going. I like it. Uh, a couple that I will talk about. There's one I saw called Prognosis Death. That I I like the look of. It's uh, you all play as doctors in a hospital and you are trying to cure a patient and all of your cards that you have in hand are different types of ailments. So you'll have like fever, plague, boils, madness, amnesia, depression, (laughs) all sorts of different weird things of different colors. And it's kind of a set collection game. You're trying to uh, play matchup cards of different types to uh, diagnose this patient. There's a couple weird gimmicks that that come into play. Uh, first, some of the cards will force you or opponents to reveal cards in your hand. So sort of like Hanabi, some of your cards will be flipped around. And when they're flipped around, you can't use them, but other players can. So you have like access to other people's hands in that uh, instance. The cards also have numbers on them. And the way the game works, if, if you want to end the game, you can say, oh, I know what the problem with this patient is. I can cure them. Uh, I'm diagnosing them, sending them home. Everyone gets one more turn. And then whoever has the lowest score in hand wins. So uh, if you if you think that's you, you'll want to end the game at that time. Or you can keep the game going long enough to if you hit a certain point, the patient will actually die. And if the patient <laughs> if the patient dies, then the player who has the highest score in hand wins. So maybe you just want to try to kill this patient if you think your cards are too high. <laughs> huh. It's 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 a weird theme, and uh, but I I like these little gimmicks that they have in there. They sound interesting from a gameplay perspective, and there is a an online version, uh, just in browser. You can just play it for free if you want to try it out. 
Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of curious about it. It's called Prognosis Death. It's Australian, I believe. And uh, it's around 25 bucks US to grab that. Just a card game. And I also saw Hull Breach Volume 1, which is a big book of different missions and other supplemental s- stuff for the RPG uh, Mothership, which it's interesting that, you know, Mothership, it's not on the level of D&D or anything like that, but you see so many third-party stuff for it on Kickstarter. Like, that's a big community of people making their own content for it. And this is a big book. Like I said, it has missions. It has new creatures to face off against, items, locations, all this stuff. And the the design and the layout they've shown in the book just looks super professional. Like, if you told me this was an official product, I would believe you. It's really... Uh, professionally laid out, well-polished. I mean, it is official. It's on Kickstarter. <laughs> That's right. Official Kickstarter. Uh, it looks like a cool book, even if you don't play Mothership, just to just to have this and read through it, or maybe even use it in other RPGs. So the, the, there's, there's that. And I believe it's. they said it's compatible with the new version that's coming. Uh, and that's 25 bucks for that whole breach volume one for the digital $45 for a physical hardcover version. And they also had some crazy other extra stuff. Like, cause there's like a sticker pack and a poster and membership cards, <laughs> uh, fun stuff. So yeah, the, you know, there's some, there's some good stuff. Uh, I thought in Kickstarter this week, some interesting things. It's not, it's not completely dead anymore. <laughs> uh, and I, for, I can't remember who off the top of my head, but there were, there were a couple of like, Oh, that's a pretty big publisher that I think are coming in the next couple of weeks. So that's it for Kickstarter. Let's talk about some stuff we played. I don't know if I table talks. Table talks. Table talk. We did indeed have a get-together the past weekend uh, for New Year's Eve, making sure, of course, everybody was, you know, boosted and vaccinated because things are scary right now, especially where we are in New Jersey. But that's neither here nor there. We did get to play a few games, a handful of games. Uh, I think, you know, everyone was kind of in full party mode and there was some drinking and most and video games. So there wasn't a ton of board gaming stuff. But we did play, I, I think, our first uh, tabletop game of the new year, which was 10 was. from uh, AEG, a game that came out in 2021 that we didn't have the chance to get to that uh, some people, I think it made it onto some top 10 lists. I believe it was when we talked about uh, the when we did the, um, you know, how, how looked at all the lists and see what people I'm pretty sure 10 was one of the games that was on multiple lists. Yeah, that was in last week's uh, Patreon episode. Uh, and this is a card game wherein there are a ton of cards of different colors and uh, each color has cards numbered from one through nine. And you are trying to form sets of those cards in sequential order. So uh, let's say if, if you had at the end of the game uh four five and six in the color pink that would get you three points because you have three cards in that run uh and it's for the longest one of that and on your turn you just draw a card and you can keep drawing it's also it's a push your luck game you can keep drawing cards as much as you want but if your total value goes over 10 then you go bust and you don't get to keep any of the cards there's also currency cards which give you currency (laughs) and the reason that's important is because sometimes certain cards are wild cards and those go up for auction 
So if you draw a wild card, you immediately have an auction turn, go around the table, everyone can bid currency as well as their own cards if they want to spend them uh, to try and win these to complete a set that they're trying to get finished. So uh, it kind of sounds like there's a lot going on there. Push your lock, auction, set collection. But it is a fairly straightforward, uh, simple game that I, I feel like is right in the zeitgeist right now of all these number games like The Game or The Mind or Hanabi. Not that it's quite the same as those, but it does seem like that's a genre now that's very, very popular. Uh, mm-hmm. what, so what did you what did you think? What did you think of 10? Uh, I I had fun with it. I uh, I don't think it'd make my top ten. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I, I'm a f- set collecting is something that I just it's it's enjoyable because it's sometimes easy to just be like, all right, I just need this. That's the color I like. Um, it does tend this one at least. There are certain games, and I'm 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 sure you'll counter me on all these. Uh, it reminds me a bit like Splendor, where it always feels like the person ahead of you gets a thing you you wanted or need, or like that's when the thing when you're out of money comes out. I think, I mean, that's sometimes that is true. I, I do feel like you particularly just have bad luck in that regard. <laughs> uh, um, it's not the worst here. It's just it it's a similar playstyle mindset. I just notice sometimes. Uh, I can see why people why people like it. I think it does a bit more things cover. I do wish there was a way. I I know you said you like this. I wish that when you spend cards for money, it would go into the lineup. So mm. you w- would have to be worried if you're spending something there. Also, because at the end of the game, it was, all right, everyone gets one turn to buy stuff. There was one card in there. <laughs> yeah, so for, for the way that this works for listeners is, uh, if you choose to spend one of your cards as money during an auction... It goes uh, to the discard pile. Each card is just worth one money. <laughs> they just call it currency. It doesn't have a real unit. And then also uh, there's a lineup of cards that you can buy from at the end of your turn. And cards will be sent there because if on your turn you uh, go bust or didn't or chose not to take the cards, you could take the money instead, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, and I think the idea was... I don't know. I guess they wanted you to not have to worry if I choose to spend this. What if it's a card someone else wants? But I I don't see I feel like I would be fine either way. I don't feel like it would make or break the game to change it. I I do feel I mean, and maybe I'm wrong about this, that that is there to make it more simple, like to make not make the Mm -hmm. game like this is a whole now whole new meta of like, oh, do I want to buy that or spend that? Sorry, because I know I'm giving that to you because you you just need that yellow one or orange one right but that is an interesting and would make you actually have to look at your opponent's area right which do you actually care a little bit more didn't as much really in this game um i mean i definitely think they are going after the a family demographic with it Mm -hmm. uh based on the the colors and the box size and stuff like that yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, th- I think it's a pretty good, solid, like that style of game. Like, yeah, I think that that would be how I probably I wouldn't just, you know, I wasn't like, a, oh, this is terrible. It's just like, yeah, I could see this. Is, I can I had fun with this, you know. Yeah, I could see certain groups or families. I feel like families, especially like 
I could see this being a game they break out like every few weeks. Like I could mm-hmm. see this being in heavy rotation for because it's just it's it's fun. There's enough depth to it, but it's casual enough that it's just like, yeah, break it out. We'll play for like 20 minutes or whatever. Go a few rounds, maybe if we feel like it. And uh, the other only other thing is, man, I feel like I really got to sleeve this game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, which you know, what stinks about it. It's not that it has bad card quality. That actually has some really nice card stock. With, I think it's like, the opposite. Yeah, the cards are so nice <laughs> that I like <laughs> want to protect them. Uh, and and you do, you know, you're going to be shuffling. And, as, and especially a game like this where it's very important that the sets are broken up. Like you, so you have to go heavy duty on the shuffling each time. But this is a weird situation for me where I have certain games like this where it's like it, the game style is one where I feel like I should sleeve it, but I don't know that I'm actually going to play it enough for that to matter. So it's like, do I dedicate the resources to sleeving this game or do I just mm-hmm. say, like, what's what's the line there? <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's a fu- well, the funny thing is the line might change Depend, it's almost like a Schrodinger's cat kind of thing. Like if you do sleeve it, because you sleeve it, you'll want to play it more. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know. Yeah, like with um, I, God of War, the card game was one where I ended up. I just sleeved it with penny sleeves because I I was like I, these should be sleeved, but I don't care enough <laughs> to get good sleeves. <laughs> so, but I feel like in this game that would like feel bad to have penny sleeves. It's, they're so nice <laughs> these cards. Oh yeah, you're, you're gonna want a, a better fit. I might just say, eh, forget it. If they get worn, they get worn. Maybe I'll live dangerously on ten because it's like fifteen dollars. So, <laughs> worst case scenario, if I ever really wore it out enough, I could buy another one. But anyway, yeah, neat, neat, neat little card game. Yeah, you know, uh, and sometimes you know, a game being worn out, it's a it, sign it just of love. shows it's loved. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, we also played a couple of uh, kind of video game board game hybrids. I mean, we played Jackbox Party Pack 8. We've talked about that a couple times, so I don't know. Is there anything really that we care to say about Jackbox Party Pack 8? Other than, mm. unless we want to get into our personal debates about what make good zombie weapons. <laughs> but I don't oh, think we should. <laughs> no, no, we're not. Uh, <laughs> let us know in the comments. This is all we'll say, because we were playing the list game, and it was like, list, which of these would be the best zombie game? Uh, not zombie game. Z- weapons in a zombie apocalypse. We're not going to say anything else than that. You know, we're not going to prime you at all with <laughs> what weapons we agree or disagree on or what silliness might have occurred. <laughs> Just tell us what you think would be a good weapon. In the, uh, and uh, I will say limited to things you think we'd find. No t- Tesla coil, you know, special weapon <laughs> from Resident Evil <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there were some debates. There are some debates, but you know, still it's still a solid a solid pack entry. It, yeah, it it is one that at the very least I don't feel like Oh, well, there is only the one, but we've talked about it that we didn't play just cuz I think it's the only one we don't like. Yeah, the we spin the wheel game, mm-hmm. whatever it's called. <laughs> but yeah, the rest are good. But the other weird one that we played uh, is one that I've like seen places before and been curious about, and it is Pictionary Air. So this is a version of Pictionary, just like everybody knows. You draw a picture, try to get your team to guess what it is. Only this one uses, instead of just a pencil and paper, you have an app on your phone or device, ideally hooked up to a screen everyone can see, and you have uh, a pen 
that has a light on the end of it. And the app, the camera detects this light and you basically are drawing in midair and on the screen, you have a drawing that alongside yourself, the camera is seeing you. I feel like I, it's a terrible way to explain a very simple concept. I don't know if that made sense, but, uh, and then you're also encouraged to act out something alongside the drawing that you made. If you'd like to, you can, cause it's kind of like AR. I think technically it's not AR, but it sort of has that vibe to it where it's like, Oh, you can pretend this thing you drew looks like it's in real life next to you. And you're trying to get your team to guess all the stuff, but otherwise, you know, it's Pictionary. It's the same thing as all, all Pictionary. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a silly drawing game. I thought, I think for what it is, if that sounded fun to you, you'll find it fun. I think it's, uh, you could probably just exactly imagine how that's going to go. Uh, we did have some trouble at first adjusting to drawing. We realized we had to reverse the camera because the everything was mirrored. So it was very mm-hmm. difficult to draw while watching yourself draw it. But we fixed that issue. And after that, it was pretty smooth sailing. Do you think this is a, do you think this is a superior way to play Pictionary than with a pen or pencil? I think it's cute and gimmicky, but in the end, I think it's just easier for everyone to have a piece of paper. Like it was them trying to do charades, or at least I think it would require a lot more work. Like I, I was telling, I was telling you, I think in VR is where this something like this would shine hmm. because there's just something easier when you're seeing in first person and people can actually go around and look like, I, I just feel like it'd be amazing in VR. Yeah, probably that requires everyone to have VR. Right. <laughs> so that's also tricky. I mean, I think AR is really the is really what you want. Uh, again, everyone needs glasses. But I, I do think because really, play Pictionary is not a game I've played a ton of times. But the best way to play Pictionary isn't it with like a big mat on an easel, so that way everyone can see what you're doing. And I do think that this bypasses that and it's nice assuming you can get it on a tv and everyone's watching which most smart tvs these days and phones you can cast your screen to the tv that's that's kind of an essential ingredient here i think but Mm -hmm. i i do think it's better than you know just looking at a pencil and paper i mean i guess it's maybe it's a little more challenging to draw so that's the the game sort of becomes a little different Mm -hmm. because you're not like but but I I mean, maybe if it was, I guess maybe the best thing would be you actually are drawing on a tablet that's projected onto a screen. I just like that everyone can see what you're doing. Right. Well, th- I think then get a very large whiteboard. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it, but it is like, well, what's right. What's easier, having a big whiteboard in your house or having a little pen that you can just mm-hmm. throw on a screen? So, yeah, I mean, it's cute. It's nothing revolutionary, but. It's, it's it is Pictionary still. I think Pictomania is still still the champ of the drawing games. Oh, maybe Monstrosity might give it a run for its money. I don't know. They both kind of accomplish different goals. That, that's what we need. Monstrosity VR. You draw the monster, then they come to life, and you got to run. <laughs> that's yeah. I would, you don't want to be near some of those. Uh, what's some stuff? The other stuff that maybe you played that I don't know what these things are. <laughs> so I played the What's Next from a. Potato games, big potato games, big potato. Yeah. So don't rob that potato of its size. It's a big, you're potato. right. You're <laughs> the idea behind this is it is a storytelling game. You have a deck of cards. You're going to go through and be like, make a choice, go to this location, do this. But instead of many of the story games we play, you know, where there's skill tests or rolling dice, most of the events in this are dexterity. 
So there'll be things like flick a card, and if you can flick it and catch it in the same turn, you pass. Or uh, f- uh, f- uh, flick a little disc on this track and get within this range. Things like that. So it's hmm. definitely designed for, you know, more family fun, and which is not probably a big surprise from that uh, uh, publisher. But it still had a lot of these fun choices that you go through. And it was actually this, I, I played it solo, I should say, by the way. And going through it, you're, I'm like, yeah, I'm actually having fun with these choices. And then when I actually reached the end of the day, I'm like, I didn't cut, I maybe touched at most a quarter of this deck. Mm. You know, like, so there's definitely replayability. The other weird thing is every time you go to a location, you have like a, a dial. And one of the dials is like darkness. And you have to flip the cards over. And that's usually punishing. Usually adding to the Tower of Peril. The way the game <laughs> ends is you have these pieces called peril pieces, and you have to stack them each time you get a peril symbol, which is usually on the back side of the cards. There could be more than one. If the tower falls over, you've lost. Or if you run out. Though I have not been able to stack more than like five of these things. They are very hard to stack. (laughs) They are uh, like, imagine if you have, you know, big coin, like, you know, 50 cent size pieces, you know? So like, they're they're about um maybe a quarter a quarter inch thick and you okay. have to stack them perfectly flat like you can't rotate them or do some weird jenga stuff and only two can be at the base and they're not perfect circles or squares they're it looks like if you just cut out a bunch of weird shapes from paper <laughs> so they they are challenging <laughs> at least for me Um, okay the base the what i would call the base game comes with three different storylines and each have their own little gimmick in it too which i think is pretty cool it's still like i said designed for families in mind so don't expect really complicated stories and stuff but uh overall i was really uh I, i thought this was a pretty fun thing and if you had like like, like I said, I played by myself and I was satisfied with it. If you have family, this would be perfect with kids and stuff because it's like you have a 30-minute timer. And I'm sure you could also fudge it and add like 10 seconds if you want for your kid as they dig through this bag for one of the things to find a piece blindly that fits a shape. <laughs> um, the stories themselves I thought were pretty cute and fun. And what I do think they need to do is because we talked about this a few weeks ago. I can't remember one when, when um, Big Potato talked about their new digital version. Yeah. This should be like um, atmosphere kind of thing where they have their its own digital video or client going on, which could add even more weird dexterity stuff. Like eat, there are so many weird things they do. They try to, I mean, it's just using cards, these pieces and stuff, but some are flicking off a table. Some are like flipping coin and guessing. And they do have special events just in case you're playing solo. So they make sure like we have these designed for groups. But if you're solo, read the solo card. It does sound like... It, there might be a little more fun in doing like the flicking challenges if you have other people like rooting for you or whatever. Oh yeah, I mean, plenty of these would be better with that, especially the tension. You're like, come on, come on, come on, John, get, get it. Oh, you didn't, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> My question is: Is there a win or lose, or do you just see where the story? Yes, goes? you can. You can complete the story. Okay, and like ha- that's what I completed. The, I got. I reached the end. I was the first one. For example, well, this is without spilling too much. Uh, you're part of this like super animal science group and your professor goes off to an island for a holiday and she 
disappears and you have to go to the island, which is in Australia. And as you know, there is nothing dangerous at all about the fauna of Australia. Mm-hmm. And uh, you rescue her. I will say that much. Or I did. And from what I can tell, this there aren't multiple storyline or story endings. Like you're still going to go around one way. It's just different ways to get there. Okay. And is it, I mean, do you, does it seem like generally it's challenging? Like, is it going to take you multiple tries to finish a story or? Uh, this is where, of course, it's a dexterity game. Mm. <laughs> so how, how good you're, you are at dexterity. Really that tower of peril is, I mean, I want to play more and we'll do stuff, but that tower of peril is very, uh, I feel like it can be very unforgiving. Well, so then, then the other question is, if you do lose, like, is it fun? To, how many times could you play the same story, do you think, and not get sick of seeing the same I, stuff? I, I think you could easily play, like, at least each story, like I said, maybe two to three times. I, I didn't feel like I hit a quarter of the deck. Okay. You know, I was, I was honestly uh, surprised with how quickly I reached the end. Like, I wasn't even trying to sprint. You know, I was just like, oh, I'll do this. <laughs> So uh, overall, I was uh, I was pretty uh, maybe <laughs> uh, I guess surprised by it. and I like this because I think a dexterity story story game while like you know dexterity games aren't ev- like what everyone love. I think it does a, a good job and I think there's more that they can mess around with that, especially with their digital client. That is that out yet? I can't remember if it's out or coming out. Yeah, you can you can do the the big yeah. potato screen TV games yeah. or whatever. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's what's next. So then, what's next? Uh, well, this one we technically haven't started yet. Uh, we're setting up, and maybe you'll you'll all get a chance to see. Is the Witcher RPG? We've pretty much been having our session zero, learning how to play the game. I just based want, when you Witcher say world, we, not me. Yes, <laughs> just just for listeners. To understand. Sorry. Uh, based in the Witcher universe, uh, I think between games two and three ish, if I recall. Um, do you know who publishes this one? I think it's the is same it people. Who, CD Projekt Red. I don't think it's them, but they. <laughs> I think the same people do the the cyberpunk RPG. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, uh, oh, R. Talsorian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know these guys. They do. They indeed they do cyberpunk and other games. Okay, so you did like a session zero? Yes. Um, I will be playing the Witcher of our group. <laughs> wow. And I'm also probably, I thought I rolled well. I'm like, everything else, everything I do, someone does better. <laughs> mm. um, well, they're not Witchers, so, you know. That's you- true. That would be, the one thing is monsters. When we get to that, I will know what to do about them. Uh, the game, it's it's interesting how how it works. There's a, it's definitely designed to be a lot darker, and as our, our GM has explained, some of you will die. <laughs> it, it should be expected with that. And like we literally did a test game uh, during to teach combat with monsters, and I and I you know I went first. And I did this great turn of doing the slow field and stuff against these melee guys. One comes in and we're like roll defense. I rolled a critical miss, and they're like okay, roll again. I rolled a 10, which means I roll again, which means I did like double <laughs> stats against me. And so the enemy punctured my chest and grabbed my heart. Huh. As a witcher? As a witcher. Yeah, okay. Good. Uh, That's good. So, yes. 
when that happens, are you going to just roll new characters or? Probably that would be the idea. Um, uh, well, no, but well, I feel like that's going to be a hurdle. We'll cross when we die. <laughs> uh, all right. That sounds cool. Does your Witcher uh, have a name? I have not made a name for him yet. Ooh. You know, I'm still working on finishing up his backstory and stuff. I, I will say he is of the bear fighting style, so he's much more defensive. All right. But uh, I've got some cool hicks, uh, hooks, and we've talked about, like, um, one of the things that they actually care about this is line of sights, and you're supposed to see if you get a boon or a curse in the beginning. You can roll for it, but I asked uh, the DM if I could go for this curse, and he loved it. Um, he's missing an eye, so he actually has uh, a, a smaller v- a vision of, f- of view, which mm. I can get flanked more and stuff. Mm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right. And by the way, yes, like I said, he was that he was the bear class, so I had good armor when that guy pierced my chest. That's how scary and these rolls can just go <laughs> terribly against you. <laughs> God, looking at I'm looking at this just this Witcher wiki page about the RPG and. All the races you can play are so it's the most generic. <laughs> like the Witcher is not well, the most creative fantasy world. What's funny to me is because it's just like they added some new ones of like lizard people. I'm like, where are there lizard people? Oh yeah, I see that lizard folk. And also I I want to be this, the werebubs. Oh yeah, they're adorable. Someone was <laughs> gonna be one, they decided not to. Um I, I don't know why. But yeah, we have a pretty uh normal, you know, mostly Humans, Witcher, and Elves, I think. Oh, no, we have a gnome. We have a gnome. Okay. All right. All right. Well, cool. are you going to, is the plan to play this game mostly in person, or are you going to do any online RPGing? Uh, the plan is actually in person. The uh, GM has a board and is like wants to do miniatures and stuff. Oh, an actual No, board. I mean like I mean like a table of like a oh. dry erase board with, grids and stuff oh like boy not, not the way we like to do it where we can just sit in our underwear with a screen in front of us <laughs> using roll 20 uh, I'm a, where am i right now uh you're like 15 feet i don't know go <laughs> go for it <laughs> it's fine yeah all right. i do love that one of our our, our D players recently went up to you and be like the council has spoken jonathan you must return to D. you're like what council <laughs> <laughs> yeah the one the one guy i want to do it all right, good luck. I get everybody else around. I don't know. Uh, we'll figure. We'll see if our RPG adventures ever continue in any way, shape, or form. Honestly, I kind of want to play something like you that's not D and D for a change. <laughs> uh, I mean, once I gotta like do one at a time, especially for RPGs. Yeah, As you know, I, my eyes are bigger than I'm uh, in no. I'm in no great rush right now. <laughs> I do want to get actually make a Vason campaign. I mm. really enjoyed that. I mean. I, I obviously alien two I liked a lot, but I feel like Al- the difference is I feel like our alien campaign was actually like, it was that I want to watch that movie. I felt <laughs> like that worked out so well. Yeah. But when based I felt like we just scratched the surface. Right. Right. Also alien, when you play it as an, as a campaign, there's so much more nitty gritty stuff that we haven't, we didn't do about like the survival stuff, which, Oh, that, well, that I almost me to tears. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's what the uh, the other RPG um, mutant, mutant Year Zero. Yeah, and the thing is, I feel like, and maybe this is some like, you know, alpha nerd purist kind of. I'm like, I feel like the alien works better. It's like we're playing this to only last like four sessions, right. or even one. You yeah. know, 
I just feel alien lends itself that way. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't think about leveling with stuff. I just feel like it's a nice story and you can bookend it so well. Ours did. I felt like the way, like just that ending scene. I mean, is it still, did we upload it to YouTube? It's on YouTube. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I would, if you like it, definitely watch it. I thought it just shows how well the alien campaign captures the, uh, the universe very well without being a one shot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also, I, I would love to, uh, for us to go back to um, Tales from the Loop as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's lots of good but, stuff out there. And the other reason I want to go to Vason is because I can be the GM, mostly because I feel bad. <laughs> it's always you. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. Is The Witcher, I don't know if you said, what's the, is it D20s? Is there a very uh, different? No, it's mostly, it was D10s, I think, most for the most part. But and it did have an exploding system. That's why, like, I got I, okay. I hurt myself because right. you every time you get ten, you roll so to it add can to it. Backfire on you as well. Right. As help so you. I rolled a one, which meant a critical miss, and rolled how much you subtract by. So I rolled a ten, and then a nine. So I subtracted nineteen from my stats. Yeah, that's not great. Nineteen, bad number. I do love uh, exploding dice. That's a fun. It thing. it is very fun, and it. I mean, it does make things swingy, unfortunately, if, if you play by the official rules. I'm sure if you have a nice, I mean, depends on your DM and GM and what they want to do. They could be like, the enemies won't explode or won't go. I will never let them do it twice. Ours is, no, he's going to he's gonna be like, this is going to be dark. And I, 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 well, I'll try to hold punches. You will die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the Witcher RPG that's available now. Plus, there's a couple of uh, extra books you can get for it. Yes. And, um... There are some like online, I don't know if they'll ever put in the book classes. Like we found out there's a Manticore class for witches now. There's also for April Fools, the uh the peasant. There you go. <laughs> you can play us. That's that'll last long. Uh yeah, let's check all that stuff out. All right. Now uh before we end the show, we do have time enough for one board game game. Very excited about this week's board game game. Uh, you know, it, it it takes a lot of effort and planning. It can be difficult to to come up with these games, come up with things that are new and fun and interesting and challenging. Which is why this week I am just wholesale taking someone else's game and using it and not inventing anything on my own. There is a website called the Cardboard Republic that has uh, tabletop game news and stuff like that cardboardrepublic.com and they have a quiz on there that you and I will we're both going to take this quiz now are you going to be asking the questions or should I pull it up on I, my I will ask you the questions I think that'll work better and for listeners it will all be on the same page uh, and it's a multiple choice quiz and the the goal of the quiz is to determine what gamer type you are Oh, no. And oh, they no. have uh, five or six different archetypes uh, that they've defined. We'll, we, I won't go into them. We'll see. Now, are we answering for ourselves or I'm going to answer what I think you answer would say? You'd answer for yourself. I'm going to have okay. two different. We're going to see what each of us think and how it ends up differently for each of us. There's 15 questions and we'll see what types of gamers we are. And this should be interesting. OK, so first question. Oh, I just realized that. Uh, Oh, that could be an issue. Interesting. Didn't know that. Does it recognize it the other? <laughs> no, it uh, it randomizes the order of the questions each time. So I'm going to have to look through the page. Actually, it might have different questions every time you refresh it. 
What, let me go, what, hold on. What is Wait, the site? This is gonna. I didn't uh, realize this. It's cardboardrepublic.com. I may not be able to. Uh, I may just be finding out what type of gamer you are. No, we can. We'll do your quiz and we'll do mine. Yeah, but everyone's gonna have to listen to the fifteen questions twice in a row. All right, hold on. Let me <laughs> find. Maybe let me find the quiz. Uh, what, what type of gamer are you? There you are. Um, oh, I think I have the same set. I think they're just randomized. I think I can do this for. What's for your both is of your us. number one? Okay, then. I think. Well, I, I'll, I'll have it here anyway, so I can just read them myself. So. Yes, that's uh, that's fine. That's fine. We'll see. So I believe. Okay, I think we're okay. It's going to be a little more work on my part, but listeners hopefully won't notice. So the first question I'm going to go with. It's interesting the way they do that. If you could pick one of these game shows to be on, which would it be? And the choices are The Price oh, is that's Right. Not what I have. So there you go. The Price <laughs> is Right, Wheel of Fortune, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Deal or No Deal, Family Feud, or Jeopardy? If you try refreshing your page, you might you might get this question. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, that's a lot of choices there. Price is Right, Wheel is. of Fortune, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Deal or what, No Deal. What are you? What are you? I'm... I mean, of those, the one I enjoy the most is Jeopardy. I think I think I the only thing is I don't think I would do well at it, but I would I would like to compete on it. <laughs> I'm I, I can't decide between Family Feud or Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune is so uh, I don't need that. I feel like I always have a I have a chance of answering the questions. <laughs> I think for me it would be so, it's more of like an honor to me. Well, maybe not anymore. If Trebek was still there, it'd be different. But like I, I, the prestige of being on Jeopardy, even if I failed completely. Well, okay. Well, here, okay. Would be more fun might... for me than winning Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> I no, To me, it's fun if I have a chance. Granted, Wheel of Fortune is complete luck in the wheel. Um, right. No, there's skill. Now, Which vowels you buy? Oh, there's some. <laughs> but I mean, you could still roll bankrupt three times in a row. Uh, so I guess I'll go with Family Feud. Yeah, family feud that would require too. me to have a group to go with. I would not want to go to family. I want like friendly feud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So family feud and Jeopardy. Okay. Next. What is your opinion on the amount of chance in a game? Uh, you can probably guess the range here, but I'll read them. A little luck helps to enhance the overall experience. Lots of luck means I can focus more on the players than the rules. Minimally, skill should trump luck whenever possible. Unnecessary, necessary evil, but I prefer to avoid having all my effort come down to a simple dice roll. I'm fine with it as long as it doesn't determine everything I can do, or I thrive on it. Luck is the great equalizer. I, I feel some of these are like, that's the same thing. <laughs> well, you know, it's little, little tweaks. Uh, once again, I'm, I'm down to two. Um... And this is not on my other, <laughs> but they really have randomized the questions each time. That actually kind of annoys me. I really wanted, I thought we could do this together. We'll try to do as many as we can together. And then you'll have to decide. Yeah. We'll all right. Through. You know, I'll go through these up to thir 30 questions and we'll just each have different questions. How about, so this one is just for you. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I'll answer it, but it's not going to be officially part of my quiz. Um, I'm going to go with a little luck helps enhance the overall experience. But I honestly, I was between that minimally and a necessary evil. Cause I'm like, that's all just, I like a little bit of luck. Yeah. Just that the other ones are like, I guess I'll have some skill. I'm like, no, I like some. 
Yeah, I think I agree with you. It's like, like you said, some of these are a little like, is that my opinion? They're very specifically worded. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like, yeah, I like luck. I don't want it to be just luck, though. But yeah, little luck helps over it. Yes, I think that's perfect. All right, next question. Your friend. Well, I guess. Yes. No, go ahead. Your thing. I was just going to say minimally. <laughs> I guess minimally should be. I read it as like, minimally, I like a little, but still, but I'm like, that's actually saying no luck. Give right. me chess. Yeah. All so right. I misread. Okay. Number three, your friend brings over a brand new game for this week's game night, and the box really impresses you. What do you like most about it? It has a nice, clear objective posted. It appears to be a fairly short, fast paced game. Nothing. The box doesn't matter as long as the game is good. All the different races, classes, and buildings laid out on the front. The cleverly written description on the back. Or for five to 20 players, we can all play at once. All right. So first of all, by the way, Jonathan, I do have, like, on my sheet, I have this question again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's randomized. It's not in the order you read it. Right. So even the answers, the answers are, randomized. are randomized. Yeah, I noticed that too. Uh, second, I'm annoyed that there isn't just, it's a beautiful picture. Yeah, I guess that's not. Yeah. That would instantly be the thing. I'm like, oh, this looks amazing. But I'm going to have to go with then, because I think the closest thing is the cleverly written description. I feel like all the other stuff focuses just on the actual information about the game, mm. not the uh, the box itself. And it says the box, not the game impresses you because of the box. Mm. Yeah, I'm And at, yeah. I will argue that um, the initiatives cleverly written with a puzzle on it so that was very impressive (laughs) i am uh gonna go with it appears to be a fairly short fast-paced game uh assuming that i'm assuming that means it's a well it's a smaller box smaller Mm -hmm. size colorful artwork or something and because usually if someone else brings a game over um i'm like oh god what's this (laughs) how long is this gonna take so if it looks like hey in and out 20 minutes put it on the table i feel like that's you're only saying that because it's me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm the no. one bringing you're like, oh, what no, it will bring this. No, time. no, no. Yes. Um, right. I, I, I would like it if more people brought games, assuming they read the rules first. Mm, yeah, that's always a big hurdle. All right. Next question. Your friend is explaining the rules to a new board game and it's taking forever. What are you doing while he talks? Oh, no. Oh, no. I can actually answer this one. <laughs> uh, so the choices are building towers out of your pieces, determining who to go after first. <laughs> Interrupting him every two minutes to ask questions, texting your other friend under the table, paying close attention and thinking about how mechanics interact, or glancing through all the text and imagery on the board. All right. So I know the answer to this one. I start with the interrupting. I do one interrupt. Then I realize I'm interrupting. I'm like, I should just shut up and let him finish the explanation. (laughs) So I mess with my pieces. Because I got to fidget. So building towers out of your pieces. I think I would, of course, everyone would like to say paying close attention. I, I try to do that. Well, the, I still think I'm paying attention. But yes. I think paying close attention is just like you're thinking about like, all right, he said that. That means I can right. do, uh, you know. I, so I'm going to, I would say probably gl- I'm going to choose glancing through the text and imagery on the board. I'm probably kind of like uh, looking at it being like, oh, I can maybe try to figure out what's going on here. Get a feel you see, this it. is very hard for John because he often explains. I'm usually the one explaining, <laughs> getting mad at everyone else for whichever thing that I would also do if I were in their shoes. All right. Next question. You are sent to jail in Monopoly. How do you react? Ooh, wait, I think that's up. These are all quotes. It was doubles that got me here. It'll be doubles that get me out. I'll pay the $50 and move on. Hey, guys, come meet me at just visiting. Whatever. I'll just roll. I can spare one of my get out of jail free cards. Jail? The whole game is annoying me. 
all right. So this is the first one I don't actually have. So I mean, I think it's got to be jail. The whole game is annoying me. <laughs> right? That's, or or maybe I would say oh, I can spare a get out of jail free card because why couldn't you? Isn't that what the, the point of them? Uh, th- can't you also just pay fifty bucks? Yes, that is one of the options. I'll just pay fifty uh, bucks. Can you? Uh, yeah, that I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with that because I'm like, to me. Are you basically? It's like, well, you can try to roll doubles and let fate decide. N- yeah, but I'm not. I guess. Well, it's like, yeah, it's monopoly. I feel like I've already probably. I'm hoping I've passed that point of like, all right, we're playing monopoly, like that annoyance. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so we've got that one. All right. Next question. It's a boring day at work. What are you doing to keep yourself from falling asleep? So this is going outside the realm of games a little bit. Uh, options are planning ahead. Catching up on little tasks that slip through the cracks, reorganizing office supplies, chatting with your friends, clicking your pen repeatedly, or daydreaming. Um, <laughs> I say right now as I have a pen clicking it, <laughs> uh-huh. but I mean, that's because I'm sitting still. I'm assuming mostly at work, I, or at least a boring day at work is not interacting with someone or the boring time. So I'm more likely to probably be, I'm not catching up on a bunch of little tasks because I can't do that. I do that little thing. It's got to be all of it done. I can't go back and forth between things. So I'd probably, and like my planning ahead, I probably have done already in the morning, either reorganizing, like cleaning up things or daydreaming. (laughs) Well, I think let's go with daydreaming as the worst. I think I'm going to go daydreaming as well. The real answer is I'm on you know, Reddit or something, <laughs> you know, that's not an option though. There's no surfing the web option here. So procrastinating. Where's that one? Yeah. Well, I think that's all of them. All right. So both daydreaming on that one, but other than that, so far our answers have all been pretty different. Next question. You and your colleagues slash classmates have been assigned a paper that's due in a week. How do you approach the task? Collect yourself and your materials, uh, start mapping a mental outline, dig into the pile of references you've picked out, Give yourself a day for research, a day for organizing, and a day to write it. Find a collaborator to talk about your plans. These are all complicated. Once you're comfortable with your resources, you find yourself a nice quiet corner and hammer it all out, or grab a blank page and just start writing. Find a collaborator. Um, I th- uh, yeah, I actually read this as a group project. Yeah, that's what I saw too, but I guess it's not. It's I guess it's individual. But even then, like I assume I could talk and be like, Hey, you go, what do you think about this? I'm like, oh, this, you know, at least as a good start. Yeah, I am not a, I'm not a group worker. Uh, <laughs> uh, so ooh, I, I'm tempted to just say, grab a blank page and just start writing. But if it's like a research paper, then you got to start by researching. I don't know what kind well, of just paper as a is. paper. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if anything, well, this, this might be, yeah, just like, you know, write, write a, uh, you know, five page paper on why Othello works in the modern day era or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now I'm picturing like an English paper that, you know, where we're just like, Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Write I'm it going, up because this is how the educational process works. I'm going to go grab a page and just start writing. All right. What is your least important factor when choosing a game to play competitiveness, fellow participants, rules and mechanics, time, complexity, or theme and flavor competitiveness. Yeah, I'm, definitely. He said least, right? Yeah, least important. Yes. All the other things. Like, you can't just pick a game and be like, we're going to play this. We have five people here. That's a two-player game. Yeah. <laughs> we're on the same page on that one. Uh, you're teaching your young niece a new game. 
Well, oh, this is all you. <laughs> which lesson do you hope to impart the most? Creativity, self-reliance, healthy competition, fun, critical thinking, or cooperation? Fun. Yeah, fun is yeah, I mean it's got to be fun. I mean I I mean creativity and cooperation are good, but I don't know that every game has creativity in it. I I want them to come back to the table to play games. Right. And I don't know if that's their thing is competitive or run. But if I can find what's fun for them, yeah. It does the it it probably does one of the other things for them as well. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Next, you're planning for a big evening party at your house. Where is your focus for it during the hours beforehand? Okay, so pretty much what I did for New Year's. <laughs> you can really work on this. So your choices are preparation, none needed. These things just work themselves out. Shopping to make sure you'll have enough food and drink for the guests. Cleaning up the place and hiding the breakables. Whatever extra steps are necessary to make sure it's memorable. Making a great playlist or sending out last minute invitations and directions. Uh, read the, the, the extra step one, uh, extra step, whatever extra steps are necessary to make sure it's memorable. That one's pretty that open-ended. One. <laughs> um, cause it's really, it, what, what the question was like, it's the date the afternoon before the party, uh, e- evening before. Yes. Yeah. It's or, pretty much hours like, before. Yeah. Hours. Yeah. yeah. If it's the evening before I have been doing cleanup. I got most of the food beforehand. There are a couple things I forgot near and you, you run out and that's when you do the final cleanup or maybe the final, that's when you do your checklist. Like, what did I forget? I think I will. I mean, I don't playlist is fun, but you don't usually, I don't usually make a playlist. Um, the one where that's, that's something we need to do more of. I want like the, like music playing that like from yeah. some games have soundtracks. We should be using them. Yeah. Uh, usually my attitude is none needed. It'll work itself out. But truthfully, right in the hours before I probably am being cleaning up and like being like, oh, let me just I got to clear off this table. I got to put these dishes away really fast last minute. <laughs> so that's probably what I'm doing. I don't do that the night before. Um, all right. Next question. Another player backstabs you at the beginning of a game. How do you react? Fortify your defenses and build your strength until someone else weakens the other player, then strike with minimal losses. <laughs> That's your first choice. Uh, quote, target acquired. Well, uh, these answers are in the same order for once. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. It was well played. You most oh, uh... <laughs> you spoke too soon. You mostly ignore the strike and move on. You don't know without more details. It would depend on many factors. Plan cold, hard revenge or tease them mercilessly for the rest of the night. Uh, this is a tough one. I don't know that I. My problem is it's it, I start with target acquired until I hit them, but I do that by fortifying my defenses so they can't happen again until I can then hit them. So I think that's your. I think that's you. I think you're definitely fortify your defenses. Okay, uh, if you, if that how, that's how I'm like, I don't. It's like touching. <laughs> but if you say that 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 works for me, you've answered it for me because I'm, you see from the outside. I might I think go that... with either I don't know without more detail or ignore it and move on because i'd like to say revenge but i just think i would not be able to get revenge so i'd give up (laughs) i i don't think yeah no i don't i definitely feel you're more of a well-played person i mean you go like are you kidding me you know in Battlestar? (laughs) but then you're not always like right outside of like i'm not gonna like now i'm only gonna kill you right the only time you even to come close that is when you say to me because i usually say something to you because we know we're playing off the we're just blaming ourselves for the sake of blaming ourselves (laughs) Yeah, like that's the closest, and that's more of like a a, a stick, not a 
Right. You know. So I'll go with the, I'll take the high road on this one. All right. A few questions left. We're on number 12. Because you can't. That's why you like the the, the hidden roll games. Because you can take the high roll. <laughs> you, you have that mental capacity. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, well, you didn't play that very well. You've made a rather significant miscalculation, and now you don't stand the chance the answer to the of victory. <laughs> How do you cope? Do you try to rebuild your wealth? Uh, you may not finish with gold, but you still won't give up the chance at silver. Curse yourself and spend the rest of the game annoying the remaining players. Uh, you might not be able to win, but you'll last until the end. Shore up your defenses and sit out the siege. Laugh it off. Mental note, that did not work. You won't do that again, but now's a good time to try out another strategy. Or you wish you could remember what you did so you won't make the same mistake twice, but alas, moving on. Hold on. Do I still have a chance of winning? They're or saying you say don't have any chance of winning, but the game is any not over chance? yet. Oh, I really wish this was one where I could actually read all the options. I'll, I'll, I'll sum up for you again. Try to rebuild. Try to go basically go for second place. Uh, curse yourself and annoy everyone else. Uh, just build up your defenses and wait it out. Laugh it off. Note that what you did didn't work and try to think of the strategy for next a different strategy or wish you could do that, but you're not good enough. So you don't do that, basically. Uh, wallow in self-pity, but I'm also thinking if there's another strategy like or if it's like something broken in the game or something. So are you going mental note that did not work or curse yourself? <laughs> I'm going to go with the curse myself only because I should choose the most negative, more negative option. No, do whatever. Uh, I don't have this question, by the way, but. I would, uh, I would probably say the last one, which is, I w I won't remember what I did, so I'm gonna make the same mistake oh, next time. <laughs> I thought you meant for me. No, for me. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question. You're nearing the end of a lengthy game, and you'll win on your final move. However, in order to win, you'll have to betray a long-term ally. What are you thinking? Is there? Don't say anything. Your choices are: Nah, it's only a game. It really depends on the circumstances. In a heartbeat, it was an alliance of convenience anyway. I'd prefer not to, but I have invested too much to stop now. I'll do it only if I absolutely have to and only if I'm safe from retribution. And I didn't originally think I had a shot, but since I'm here. Oh, I'll do it only if I have to. Absolutely have to. And only if I'm safe from retribution. Yeah. Uh, do I have that question on my version of this quiz? Uh, no, I don't. So that's another one just for you. All right. Yeah, I don't that one's I might say depends on the circumstances. There's too much going on there. I mean, it depends, but I will avoid it at all costs, which I feel is the one I said. Right. Yeah. That's why I don't like games where you can form alliances that are but there's only one winner because I don't want to betray somebody unless it's a betrayal game where that's the point. <laughs> but like <laughs> I want to be able to actually work with someone and actually right. No, win. there are times when it feels like it, it works. Like I think um, rising right in rising sun, you could stay with the Alliance, right? Or I think or, by or the end, you, you had to break it. If I recall, mm -hmm. I think that was one of my issues with it. I didn't really love that, um, but I agree. I like, I like the co-op win. Yeah. That's why I like like cosmic encounter. I like that. You can actually, it's possible. No, you say that, but I'm like, I feel that there's so many aliens that, that never, I can't think of a time when that happens. I usually think like, no, that was probably a one time. I think but, it's happened. I think it's happened. No, it's probably happened. It's just to me, doesn't think like a likely outcome, I guess is what I mean. But it's like, possible it's a, as long as I just want it to be like, possible. Uh, fair I enough. Mean, likely, I think depends on your group. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Next question. The zombie apocalypse is upon us. What's oh, no. your preferred method of survival? Don't worry. It doesn't ask about specific weapons. You've been waiting for this day. Time to head out and start racking up the kill count. 
stock up on the essentials and try to cope with the situation. You've watched movies on this. Grab your cricket bat and head for the nearest pub. Defend your base and command targeted missions out into the affected area. Gather your friends together and hope you all make it somehow or luck. Stock up on essentials. I'm going to fortify my location and I'm not sending out targeted missions. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with gather your friends. I think I would be like strength and numbers. Both, yes, it, it is both of those. That's def- To me, essentials is also people Yeah, <laughs> that you can trust. Yeah, all But right. I guess to be the stock of essentials also is a bit more... Um, Actually, no, they're both pretty, one's coping and one's somehow. So neither of them seem, right. it seems whoever wrote these thought those were like the the depressing answers. <laughs> uh, all right. Now your 15th question. It's 1869 and you're arriving in a bustling frontier town from back east. <laughs> it's Oregon Trail, I guess. I don't know. What sort of job do you seek out? A job on the railroad to keep from being in one place too long. Jack of all trades, do whatever the town needs. Banking taverns uh, i didn't come for a job my intent is to find a nice piece of land and build a home for myself i don't know how you're doing that without a job or whichever one pays me the most um i'm gonna take the land one i mean All your right. own little piece of land uh i assume that also means i'm like probably a farm with cattle and stuff like that yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm I'm leaning towards. And also, I assume I have some money then if I can get a nice piece of land. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, a railroad sounds kind of fun. I like not being in one place too long. Tavern could also be fun though. Tavern Tavern was all right. Uh, I think was a solid pick too. Jack um, of all trades. I could see. Maybe I should go for that because I actually can't decide. So <laughs> maybe that is my. <laughs> it's like eh, whatever they need, I guess. All right, now I have a couple that weren't in your version of the quiz, so I'll go through those. Uh, you're playing a somewhat complex game for the first time with more experienced players. How will you approach the game? Try to figure out a basic strategy, see if it works. Just wing it. Use the political power of conversation to offset gaps of understanding. Make an educated guess on the best tactic. Base tactics off what feels right within the game's theme. Or find a way of acquiring resources while trying to upset the least amount of people. I'm a combination of these, but I think I ultimately have to go with just wing it because that's what I pretty much do for every game. Is I just see what happens. <laughs> uh, I might like political try to using political power. I feel like I have to know more about the game to really use that to my advantage. I, I feel using political power is just being like, don't go for me. I'm the worst player. Go for the <laughs> yeah. Uh, your dungeon crawling adventure party has come upon a treasure chest. What do you hope to find inside? A quest-related item, a detailed map of the dungeon, tomes containing lost history, high-quality gear, gold, or a disgruntled gnome. Hmm. Quest-related item, probably. I don't really care. Personally, I'm not a guy who's all about, like, gold and gear. I'm more like, what's a cool, unique oh, thing? Oh, no, I'm... <laughs> I, I, I will definitely say I'm... Well, hmm... Describe gear is definitely high too. up. I'm always up for newer gear. There's going to know just hilarious, but the tome and your detailed map. I am a lore guy. I do yeah. love lore. Drop <laughs> some lore on me. Gold and quest related. To me, quest related is like, I'm going to not need this item after we finish the quest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get, but that feels more like to me, I'm about like progressing and finishing the story. So I'm like, ah, the thing we need that's like exciting. It means something as opposed to like, ah, it's just a mm -hmm. game thing. <laughs> I don't know. Fair enough. But I do like the tomes. That's pretty cool. All right. And the last one I have is, uh, your game is supposed to last two hours. It's currently going on hour number four with no sign of stopping. What do you do? <laughs> these are some of these hit too close to home. 
you burned through all your strategies a while ago. Now it's time for an all-out assault with the few pieces you have left. What? Oh, you stopped paying full attention about three and a half hours ago. If the game is developing in a fun way, you want to see where it ends up next. You're not sure how you've lasted this long, but you keep going. Now's the time to get really creative. Continue to acquire resources and build your troops. You could launch a final attack to end it all. You don't complain. Supposedly, your elaborate turns and complex moves are the reason you're running so late to begin with. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely the game developing in a fun way, but that's also because when you read that, I was thinking like, oh yeah, like Arkham Horror Mansions or something. <laughs> like, And then right <laughs> after that, you read, continue to acquire resources and build your troops. I'm like, oh. Oh, we're playing that kind of game. <laughs> Twilight Imperium, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been games that are so long I get burnt out and I just want it to end. But generally, I think I'm in for the long haul. And if it's, as I said, if it's fun, yeah, let's, we're, we're going with it. I, I feel like you have rarely ducked out of a game. Oh, yeah. No, I will. Game. I will never do that unless it's like everyone in the group has to be like, okay, I can tell no one's having fun. We have to stop. You mean like Gloomhaven? <laughs> well, I was, I was actually thinking of when we did um, sidereal confluence and it was very late at night. <laughs> yeah. That one also was a, um, a time issue. Right. Yes. All right. So ready to fight here. The final results. We finally did it. All right. All right. Your profile, your person, your gamer type, according to cardboard Republic, you are, you're, I don't know if this is true. I think you have two. You have one slash another. So I guess you're right in the middle. You have. I'm weird. Architect slash immersionist. And the description says these folks not only relish in expanding territory and building up resources, but they really enjoy having a specific story or theme for doing so. They want to build a world and then live in it. That, uh, you know what? That I sounds think I'm pretty good. <laughs> I, I, I like games when it's almost playing your own solo thing and you're just building up something. Uh, I also am a huge fan of theme. Like theme is very important to me. So I feel like that's probably pretty close. Yeah, no, I think I think that's pretty spot on. Uh, mine, apparently I'm uh, one of my favorite superheroes. I am a daredevil. <laughs> mine says daredevils play games to experience what they aren't able to during everyday life. They played to experience something exotic and exciting, and they're not necessarily wrapped up in concerns over strategy, theme, or mechanics. Uh... <laughs> I feel like I don't agree with this one, mostly because you're the daredevil in the sense of where you're just like, oh, whatever, let's just go. Like, to me, that is more like my brother, who's, who's more like, if there is, you have the option but there's a one in 10 chance you will die. He'll go, let's risk it for the biscuit. Meanwhile, you'll be like, I'm good. I think you know, I'm, like, I think I am. I would like to say I'm uh daredevil slash immersionist as well. I feel like I, 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 I definitely feel, care about theme. Yes. I feel like the theme is what matters a lot to you more. I would argue you're less daredevil and more go with the flow. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like you're, you're not going on the roller coaster. Not that I'm not saying you don't like roller coasters, but it's like, <laughs> you're like the lazy river. What happens? You'll follow the turns. If the game lasts for two hours, you're like, well, I'm still here. You know, <laughs> if you're the least experienced player, you're still in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's how I imagine you uh, would be the better way, which I guess is a form of daredevil. It's just to me that you're not, it's not being after the, um, the adrenaline rush as much as you're after the ingenuity, which goes more to the immersion. Yeah. 
Yeah, I see that. They do have on the website, I won't go into it, but they have more lengthy uh, descriptions. And they also have recommended games. Recommended games for Daredevil are Small World, Dominion, and Munchkin. <laughs> so that's definitely well, not. Me. Where is that? I'm just curious. Uh, it's under their website. What type of gamer are you, I think? Or no, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's slash gamer. Oh, gamer, gamer archetypes. archetypes. That's what it is. There it is. Um, uh, immersionist and architect. They recommend Civilization, Race for the Galaxy, Puerto Rico, Arkham Horror, Dungeons and Dragons, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that that seems pretty. Uh, there's, there's also uh, a socializer option. I feel like I could maybe be in that category for for certain. I'm gonna instances. just take a quick look at the suggested games and see. I don't think I think I might. Yeah, De- you're definitely not a tactician. I feel like I would be socializer slash immersionist slash daredevil. <laughs> uh, Nobody's quite uh, uh, um, one thing all all the time. Oh, uh, that I mean, that's just yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I would call you more socializer and immersionist because to Love me, it. the, like I said, the daredevil is, it's the joy of luck. Not that you're just willing to take, you know, it's a subtle, but important difference, but they nailed it for you. So, uh, who knows? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll take it again to different questions and see, see mm-hmm. what comes up. <laughs> yeah. Like the socialize, the thing is the, well, the, my problem is. Now I'm re- I've literally read the quote on the socializer, and that's where why you're not the socializer. Mm. <laughs> they read the socializer as they're not even paying attention to the game. They're uh, there for that's the social experience. Right. You're there. You're more like you know what? Okay. I do think you're Daredevil the- Immersionist feels right to me. But what's your? I'm gonna change it. <laughs> you're the psychologist slash immersionist. <laughs> you're excited about how the people interact. That's why you like the hidden trader and things like that. Like under how the people really change the game mm. like that's a co- that is cosmic encounter mm, right right you know and like me and i think this is uh you know you're excited about being in the world that is such that's what i mean look at our top 10 <laughs> this year right, right uh i would say there are there are also subtypes and maybe this is where the go with the flow i think there's game art game marker type and there's like a subtype underneath where there's like the in it for the win person. There's the go with the flow. Um, your sub archetype, I would say, is the uh, cult of the new. Like you're you, hmm. something that's new and interesting. Like you want you you're you don't need to see another deck building game. You know that. Hmm. You want the new mechanic, the new world, the new story. So that would be like the 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 the. It's like almost the. Like while I multi-class, this is like a whole third step, you know. <laughs> yeah, because you could be a cult of the new tactician. I can dig like it. it doesn't affect right, right, right. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. So, uh, so you know, mixed results, but it was fun. It was fun to take. Uh, people out there will put a link if you want to check out Cardboard Republic and find out what gamer type they 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 think you are. And let us know what gamer type you ended up to be, or what you think you should be. Yeah. And maybe what are your thoughts on my sort of subclass idea uh is, is there more than just the the always for the win the cult of the new the go with the flow yeah. what do you think is also also belong there and what type you think we are or you are 
Yeah. Let us know. You can email us, uh, meeplegallery at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any other questions or comments or thoughts about any kind of board game stuff, talk to us there. Uh, you can also go to rollforcrit.com where you'll find all our YouTube videos and other fun stuff that we have going on. Support us on Patreon if you'd like at patreon.com slash rollforcrit. Or you can uh, rate and review us on iTunes is also helpful. But that's it. That's the end of this week's episode. We've put one in the bag for 2022 successfully. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Will. I'm Jonathan. And this has been the Roll for Crypt Podcast. Have a good new year.